what happens when you have competitors? You have to, you know, you have to improve. Mm -hmm. You have to level up. You have to do the next, you know what I'm saying? Growth, growth, growth. When we don't have competition, we don't have growth. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business. But launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. All right, welcome back to another awesome episode of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, as today's guest is a friend, a former client of mine, and a fellow fitness professional. She is the founder of an online health community of nearly 100,000 people, and her entrepreneurial journey began back in 2010 with the exception of her first blog. There, she hosted her first online weight loss challenge, which proved to be the start of a long and successful career in the online health coaching space. Now, during those early years, she also opened a Facebook group to help, help support fellow moms with weight loss struggles. And today, fast forward, the Eat to Live support group has over 63,000 people strong. The most notably, a handful of her community members have even been featured on television and magazines, some having lost more than 100 pounds. Today, her small client group is the focus of her attention, where she hosts ongoing challenges, self-improvement courses, and live lectures with industry leaders. Alicia Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bryce. I'm so excited to join you, and I just have to add here that I was a client of Bryce's, and I have just always been so impressed with his business practices. All of my best tips are reflected in Bryce, truly. He's just so genius at what he does, and I'm so excited to see that you started a podcast. This is Um, definitely a sweet spot for you, because you've got a lot of great information to share. Well, thank you so much. I'm so flattered, and uh, shoot, uh, that's a great way to start the call. So let's dive in. Now, um, kind of, you know, we want to talk, the, uh, take the audience through your journey and kind of what it's like to be a health and fitness professional and a coach. But before we do, kind of like, let's talk about your backstory. How did you get to where you are today? Because I think that's really, really important. And we'll also kind of talk a little bit about you as a client and your circuit training, but uh, share your backstory. Well, this is great because actually these two things kind of merge together. My journey through nutrition and fitness is what led me into the business that I'm in today. Um, You know, if we go back about 12 years, at the time I had three little kids. My husband was busy working on his corporate career. He was getting his MBA. Um, And so in the meantime, I was doing my mom thing. I was, you know, typical volunteering at the school and trying to get my workout in the morning, going through the inevitable yo-yo diet cycle that's so typical for most of us. And um, really started to think about putting this out there, putting this struggle out. Um, I love to write. Um, I love the idea of blogging. This is before 2010, so I like blogs weren't as big as they are. I mean, it was it was really it was starting to become a big thing, like the mommy blogger thing. So I entered the mommy blogger sphere. I started talking about my own personal journey, um, ended up finding this program called Eat to Live. The doctor who um, came up with it is Dr. Joel Furman. It's a plant-based eating plan. And so I started blogging about it. I started talking, you know, talking about it online and sharing recipes and um, eventually started a group challenge. We had a, I had a small group of women who wanted to come on board with me and try some different plans. Um, So we did an online weight loss challenge and I set up a Facebook group in order to support these women who were doing this weight loss challenge with me. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that that one decision was virtually going to change the trajectory of my life. And (laughs) I don't feel like that's an overstatement. Set up this Facebook group, just kind of maintained it for about six years. It was just something that I did just because I loved it. Well, the second thing that was going on at the time is that I was getting into digital marketing. 
Mm-hmm. I was working with, um, I had a couple mentors along the way, and I was learning about how to build a website and monetize. And, you know, got into some SEO, got into content strategy, building websites, uh, monetizing them, different ways. Um, and this is a good side hustle for me. So I've got my blogging thing that's fun. I've got my Facebook group and I've got my kind of my side hustle, my job, my digital marketing. Well, in 2016, which was the year that I started at Fit Body Bootcamp, I, <laughs> which was a big part of my journey. As soon as I started working out again, really working out with Fit Body Bootcamp because you get such a good workout there, I realized the implications of the food component. My workouts were better than they had ever been. My strength was better than it had ever been because my body was in such good shape. That is to this day, just as a little side note, that is to this day my one goal for keeping my food clean and eating well is that there's nothing like a really good workout. And when you're eating really well, you have really good workouts. So that was that was my bonus. But in 2016, that same year that I started at Fit Body Boot Camp, my business took off. The group on Facebook went from having about 1,300 people to having... 10,000, 20,000, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 people. Um, Today we've got around 65,000, 63. Just in that one group, we've opened subsequent groups since then. But just that one group that I started to support these moms in our weight loss journey um, exploded. And that is when I realized that everything that I had just spent the last six years learning in digital marketing, building websites, going content research and development, What if I was able to merge what I'm absolutely passionate about, which is helping other people. It was women. Now it's lots of men and women learning how to help people meet their goals with all of these, uh, all of these, uh, skills that I've learned through digital marketing. And so that's how eat to live daily was born. And so, um, the first thing we did is I just started asking the community questions. If we were to offer resources, what would that look like? What resources are important to you? What would help you most on your journey? And that's when we heard back from people. We would love to do challenges. We would love to have courses. We would love to have recipes and meal plans. And so I spent about a year building it out. And uh, since this time, we've had numerous community members who have hit the 100-pound club, mm-hmm. who've lost 100 pounds doing this, this program. And here's the thing that I think is really important for budding entrepreneurs. Um, you don't have to necessarily, part of being an entrepreneur is streamlining good information and making a very simple strategy that people can plug in. That doesn't necessarily mean that you invented it. So Bryce didn't invent the Tabata workout, but he, but I've done a million Tabata workouts in that gym, right? So what we used is a plant-based curriculum written by Dr. Joel Furman. And I've become good friends with him since, you know, doing this. And um, a lot of coaches come up with their own formulas. You know, there's registered dietitians that come up with their own stuff, but it's not a necessity. Um, One thing that I think is so important for entrepreneurs to understand is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are wonderful resources out there. As an entrepreneur, you're kind of a conductor. You're bringing together all these best resources and presenting them to help people change their lives. And so that's what I'm doing my best to do. (laughs) Well, that that is so mind-blowing because I feel like humbling myself. Like in any things that I've done, specifically to fitness and whatnot, I haven't actually invented the wheel. I've just tried to take a concept that works and then to your point, kind of package those resources up and do it in a way that it's simplified and really like the client can actually execute against it and really, you know, see a good result. So Alicia, I love that you shared that your viewpoint on entrepreneurship because that's really like a a philosophy that, uh, that I've used myself. I love it. Yeah, I've noticed you do an amazing job. 
And uh, yeah, sometimes I think we overthink things like what resources are there. This is why the research component before you start is so important. Now, mind you, I think you can over research. Sometimes you do have to just jump um, at some point, but getting um, getting your resources collected and seeing what's actually working for people and uh, putting together those, you know, resources and just making it simplified for people. That's what, yeah. that's really what people are looking for. They're looking for something to solve a problem that's going on in their life. Um, I love the concept of the brand story. I love this concept. There's something that your customer needs and she's looking for. And when you, as a, as a business owner, are able to present the solution to that problem and really make this all about the customer, make this about her achieving her goal or him achieving his goal. This is huge. And so if you are able to streamline those resources in in order for that to happen, it's huge. Well, it's funny that you mentioned this and I completely agree. My biggest focus is trying to create a customer centric company versus a product centric company because product can kind of come and go, but it's really like, how can you serve your customers? So I actually want to dive in, Alicia, to your entrepreneur success and kind of, you know, dive in a little bit before I do though, the listeners here are interested in potentially opening their own gyms and, you know, you were a a client of Fit Body Bootcamp. So talk to us about your fitness journey. Um, You know, how was circuit training? Um, you know, where your life was before 2016, kind of your background in fitness uh, before we kind of jump in then to, you know, your, your entrepreneur efforts within fitness. Uh, the biggest thing that I would say in terms of Fit Body Boot Camp that really sets this company apart from other, and I know this might not be what you're looking for, but I really am a big cheerleader for this company and Bryce <laughs> did not ask me to do this. But what they do really well is they connect with their customers, which as a business owner, this is something that I'm so passionate about and it's not lost on me. So the energy that comes from the gym owners I don't know if they've streamlined this into their franchise, but this connection that comes from the um, gym owners is really, really huge. So as a customer, you come in, you're intimidated because you're looking at those weights on the floor and you're just thinking to yourself, I am not cut out for this. And the trainers are so attentive to the customers. You're not just going in there and throwing these weights around and Your form is attended to. The energy in the room is superb. Um, It has a real community vibe. And the thing that I love the most about it is that the real problem for a lot of us And I don't know if your customer is a mom like me. I don't know if that's your target customer. I'm sure you have a lot of target customers. But whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or whatever, it's like, how can I get this in every day? I know I need to get this in every day. And that's where the 30-minute formula is so huge. So there were times I would go in the morning and then I'd pop in again in the evening. But it's 30 minutes. It's totally doable. The time period that you're in that gym is so quick, in and out. You got it done. And you just feel, you really have a sense of those micro, oh, what are they called? Um, the, The small daily the small daily contributions to your habit change. You really feel like you can do that with a half hour workout because even if you're only going once, you got you get in, you get out, you've got the energy that's keeping you coming back for more in those good trainers. They know your name. They're, ta- you know, they're walking you through it. It's just a great, it's a great place to really uh, grow fitness wise or shrink well, as it I were in my that. case. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm so flattered. Actually, I'll take it for sure. I wasn't really asking specifically, but I appreciate the Fit Body Bouquet advertisement because the reason I asked though, Alicia, is, is you are actually our avatar. It's, you know, our avatar is quote unquote Mrs. Jones. You know, she's in her 30s, early 40s, has a kids, has kids, a family, busy, doesn't have a ton of time, probably doesn't love working out, but knows that she needs to. Um, and really kind of, you know, uh, walk, walking into like a fitness community for support. And that's actually the reason I, I wanted to kind of pose the question on your fitness journey just to, because you are actually the avatar of our you know circuit training brand um so thank you so much for the nice words um and kind of transitioning Amazing. you know to, to some of your 
so now transitioning to, to your success, kind of an entrepreneurial effort as an online, you know, health coach, you talked about, you know, you starting, you know, the group, you had about 1300, you know, uh, members within eat to live, uh, Facebook group. And then all of a sudden it's exploded present day at 63,000. Like what was the catalyst for that growth? And then also I'd imagine you probably have a, a zone of genius that you really helped you grow that. So I'm curious, um, how did that growth happen? And then specifically, what is your zone of genius? How did you contribute to making that happen? You know, this discussion about the convergence is actually really relevant, and I feel good talking about it now because there is something that's going on on Facebook right now that has been going on for the last uh, six, seven years. It's still happening. Facebook is really catering to groups, and that's one thing that really helped me uh, grow grow the group is that Facebook does groups really, really well. And uh, if I could say any piece of advice for someone um, that wants to grow their business using social media, I have a few pieces of advice, but one of them is the concept of the group. If you open a group and use a topic as the name of your group, okay, so this is very specific business advice here, but um, like if Bryce, before he started a business, started a group called the Bryce Henson Group, he would get basically his friends and family on Facebook to join. But if he started a group called High Intensity Interval Training Tips and Tricks, okay, how many more people would see the name of that group and they would go, I don't know who Bryce Henson is, but I gotta jump into this group. That's really key. Facebook is catering to groups right now. It's the only thing that, in my opinion, I'm sorry, Facebook, but this is the only area that they have an edge because Instagram has taken over, TikTok has taken over, and uh, TikTok is, we gotta talk about TikTok. Uh, But Facebook, what they do really well is groups. Pages have virtually no visibility, but when you get people into a group, you've got great visibility. So if you, as a community leader, are able to take that platform, nurture your community. I have some tips in terms of that customer service that really helps nurture and grow the business. Um, you can really do well, and a Facebook group can really, really work well. The notification process on, on Facebook is really unbeatable when it comes to groups. You get these discussions started, and when someone poses a question, they're going to be notified every time someone in the group answers their question. And this is really huge for the owner of that group because this feedback is going to keep people invested and coming back and it really becomes a home and a community. So I really pride myself on this notion of community, especially this year after COVID, so many people are homebound. So many people are isolated. And as much as we want to say that human connection, in-person connection is the most valuable that's not always an option for people and having a community space where people can come feel safe private your group private your group i'm not big on public groups because the the idea here is that people have a place that they can come they can feel nurtured providing free content in that group is at the top of my list on how to maintain um your group and to to nurture your group. Give content. Um, This could be a monthly lecture. This could be tips from a website or something like that. Uh, But this is really a great way to kind of round people up. Of course, I'm coming from from the insights of a digital business, so I know it's different for brick and mortar. Um, But I do think, I do see that, um, that the group, either way, even if you have a brick and mortar business, you are a digital business too, because digital marketing, there's no white pages anymore. There's no yellow pages anymore. It's internet. It's all internet. So I think Facebook groups are a really important way to grow your business. Yeah. And that's actually, Alicia, what I was going to say. I mean, granted, you have digital marketing experience, but even for brick and mortars, really any business, um, it's so, so powerful, impactful. Now, one of the things that kind of sparked an interest for me is, you know, you talk about content creation and, you know, creating a privacy around the group. Number one, if it's a private group, how do your clients uh, find it? And then number two, 
And what's the cadence of creating content? Because that can be overwhelming for a lot of entrepreneurs. So can you talk about those two two aspects? Like if it's private, how do people find your group? And then secondarily, how do you nurture it? How do you um, keep on uh, posting content without being completely overwhelmed? Okay, these are great questions. So the first thing is uh, privatizing your group. Is that the right word? Privating your group? I think privatize would work in another, <laughs> in another conversation. But privating your group. Um, that means, you know, you can have a public group, you can have a private group. Um, when you private your group, Facebook is still going to give visibility to that group name. They're going to show it in your sidebar. They will even show it um, in on your page. It could show up in people's feed. So that is why naming your group something that's going to target your audience um, and not something that um, that really just uh, shows showcases yourself. You want it to showcase what you're doing. Okay, so that's huge. Facebook, even if you private the group, Facebook is going to show that. Um, they're giving a lot of attention. They decided in 2012 that they wanted to put a lot of attention on groups. They realized how important it is to business owners. Um, they mm-hmm. even reached out to a, some of us and they asked us questions about how they could improve this modality for um, business marketing. And so they've done a really good job of implementing that. So they will advertise your group. You don't have to worry about that. Um, in terms of developing content, um, lecture lectures this kind of this kind of interaction doing interviews huge um another thing that i've done depending on your business um if it's nutrition giving an infographic uh is huge people love infographics people love um one thing you could do as a fitness owner is you could say okay here's an at-home workout 10 to 1, just like you would in the gym on a whiteboard, um, and you can offer that to people. You want people to feel like they're getting something from the group. Also, just asking questions. You can schedule your content in a group as the admin. You can schedule your content. So you can schedule for the next month that every Wednesday you're going to have a check-in for the group, and they know on Wednesday that they're going to check in, and they're going to let you know how they're doing. Um... Canva, in terms of content development, if you don't know about Canva, Canva will save you having to hire a graphic designer because it's got templates. The business account is way affordable and it's so worth it, worth its weight in gold. That thing is so, so good. Um, And so a lot of my content that I develop um, is almost all the content that I develop is done in Canva. And it's just a really great resource. It's drag and drop. You can put pictures in there. You can buy, We they do a lot of stock imaging. Um, mm-hmm. They've got branding tools that you can learn. So those are all great. Mm-hmm. I mean, branding is another whole topic, but you can definitely integrate that with your group and it makes people recognize where they are. And that's another great component. So. Okay. Um, one of the things that you mentioned that we're going to kind of hit back on it and you kind of talked about actually with the, the content creation is just surveying your clients, figuring out what they want and then being able to offer that product or service. So can you talk about your strategy there? Because one of the things that you said when you first got, you know, the group off the ground, um, you know, for the first 12 months, you were kind of building the content, asking questions and then from the questions, you know, asking or, or creating uh, different products or services. What's the streamlined approach? How often do you survey? Um, you know, what does that look like when you're actually creating this movement, this following these products and services from your audience that you're creating in your online groups? This is a really great question. So I kind of think about the group as like the party. When people come to your party, you, you're going to have different things that are available to them. So, and most of those things are free. So in my business, the thing that was really of interest to people was the meal plan. They wanted to know about how to implement these principles. So we're kind of like the bridge because they've got the information. Now, how do they convert that to a lifestyle? So what we do is we, we set up this model to where everyone in the group can get something. And this is really important, I think, just for customer service that people who aren't necessarily customers still get to know you and those are that's your potential potential customer base for the future mm-hmm. so um what we do is a few times a year we post a new 
uh, a new meal plan a couple times a year and we'll make it themed and sometimes we'll collaborate with other recipe makers to incorporate some of their recipes um, we'll do like a spring slim down or a you know something like that we post the free meal plan and that meal plan will go it lasts for one week and they can keep reusing it but um, what happens is the people who can't afford to have a membership they're utilizing your free resources they're utilizing the group which is a free resource they're utilizing your free meal plans that come you know three times a year but then there is another segment of your community base which are the people who want services they want something more they want to be served they want to be in group coaching sessions Mm -hmm. and for those people we have a monthly membership and so the um so, you know, we run jump starts, we do all kinds of different things, and we also have a monthly membership where people can come and be in a much smaller community where they have really targeted resources. Mm-hmm. They have access to our membership site, which has dozens and dozens of meal plans. We have meal plans that accommodate every phase of the journey people who are just starting off going plant-based to people who are like working on their last 10 pounds or maybe they really just need a quick detox and we've got stuff that targets that too. We have guests in that private community. So there's a different level of interaction for sure between the free group and the paid group mm-hmm. and that just come naturally just that you're going to have all kinds of different people. Some people just want free resources mm-hmm. and some people want those paid resources. You can also look at it as kind of a tier system where you've got your free stuff here. That's getting people to your party. That's mm-hmm. your potential customer base. You want to nurture it. You want to treat those people. I mean, these are this, this is your community. So this becomes kind of almost like your family. Um, but then you've got the next level, which is people getting involved because they want a little more help. And then you could even say, okay, well, then the third level is going to be like one-on-one coaching or something like that. And um, really works out beautifully because then there is something for everyone. And that's how my business had, has worked from the very beginning. Um, every once in a while, you'll get someone who will say, "This uh, man, if you own a digital business, you're going to have people who are going to say, why isn't this free? Mm-hmm. And it's because people don't realize that you have to monetize somehow. It's either going to be with paid ads Mine is with services. That's how I make money as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So when people complain, why isn't this free? Like it happens. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does happen, you steer them to your free resources. Here's our free meal plan that we have. Here's our website with all these free, this huge free recipe center that's available to you. We have a runner's group. We have a book club. We have the eat to live support group. We have all this free stuff. And for those who are ready to become a paying customer, that's available for them too. Does that answer your question? I'm sorry. It (laughs) certainly does. And it's interesting, Alicia, because your your digital um, kind of marketing concepts are just very similar to the brick and mortar concepts that we have for, you know, our franchise in the sense of, you know, you talked about like the tiered approach, Um, you know, the the eat to live like Facebook group, we have 63,000 people. That's where really like you're congregating people for the free content. And then your goal is to basically draw them through the value ladder, if you will, and then offer them paid services at a higher kind of service level. Is that kind of fair to say, just as a recap of the the model? Yeah, and and one thing that I did forget to mention is that a lot of those free resources that we offer are done through an email opt-in. And um, really the way to think about this is that when you're on any kind of social media platform, the chances that you could lose your group are there. They are pretty Mm -hmm. minimal. But it does happen. Um, You want to remain in contact with those people that are in your community. And the best way to do that is through an email, um, getting their emails. So people know when they get a freebie that they are giving their email. They can opt out if they want. If they're tired of hearing from you, they can opt out at any time. But that's the way that we connect with people for events. 
if you're just starting off or even if you're a big influencer, affiliate marketing is another great way to create revenue. Um, it's definitely been a big part of my formula. My customers know that I have a few. Um, the, the, place, the, the companies that I have become an affiliate with are companies that I'm really passionate about. They're companies that I've used their products. Um, and that's something that you can also nurture through an email list. The, the conversion rate with an email is, um, is great. It's better than any social media because you've got a very warm prospect list. You've got people who already know you, they trust you, they have experience with you. So especially if you're emailing them for with free content, which could just be an email with a recipe, these people know you and they trust you and they love you and you love them and you've got this great nurtured relationship. So when you say something like, I just partnered up with a Mama Says Food Delivery and we've done a meal plan bundle together, they know because they know your food, they know your recommendations, and they trust you. And so this is where um, affiliate marketing can be great, affiliate agreements, um, getting people into your paid programs, collaborations with other people that you're passionate about, free content, recipes, um, any new projects, conferences. I mean, I can't tell you how many different things. Um, I've also collaborated with doctors who are offering, you know, when Dr. Furman does a course, I want my customers to know about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm an affiliate of Dr. Furman's and that email list is huge for nurturing that relationship with your customers. They're not Def always going to see it on social media, but they'll see it if it comes into their email. Definitely. And, and it's interesting, uh, like in our business, we call the social media followings the traffic you control. But to your point about extracting their contact information, whether it be email or, or text message or phone number, that becomes traffic you own. And when you own that traffic, then you can communicate, you know, at a, at a deeper level. Um, and again, to your point, they already know, like, and trust you. Now, that said, okay, you just literally like highlighted so much, but I can just <laughs> feel our audience who's just getting started being like, okay, Alicia, you just threw out so much content from lead generation, lead magnets, um, you know, content marketing, affiliate marketing. Like, where does someone new start? Because obviously, you've done this for a decade plus here, but you know that seems probably pretty overwhelming for the novice. So, where would you kind of start in terms of the digital marketing effort if you were to you know launch a business, a new business from scratch? Everyone, this is going to sound crazy. We're talking digital marketing, right? Because this is my area of yes. expertise. Yes. Brick and mortar is not. I, I, that's a whole nother animal. But let's talk to the digital people, okay? Because it's like you said before, even if you're in uh, brick and mortar business, digital has got to be part it's, of your formula. Okay, yeah. I'm going to tell you what I'm telling everyone that has asked me lately, okay? So grab a pen. One Please. word. TikTok. Ah, I was I literally going to, that's my next on the, on the action step about social media, TikTok. So talk to me there, Alicia. TikTok is the Hawaiian beachfront property of social media right now. There is not another platform that can compete with your visibility on TikTok. It is huge. And part of the reason for this is that it is video content only, mm -hmm. and there are a disproportionate number of consumers to creators, meaning that a lot of people participating as commenters and viewers and a lot less people participating as creators. creators. So if you are creating content on TikTok, you have mass, mass visibility. But here's the thing. I don't know what the data is on this right now, but the clock is ticking and just like every other social media platform. This one will eventually get tapped out. That is my prediction. Mm -hmm. But right now, TikTok, let me give you an example. I started a TikTok called Good to Know Alicia. If you want to connect with me, I have a link share on that page. It's where I share tips. I share whatever. Some of it's business. Some of it's like, look at how I used Google Photos to find this good deal on a product. I mean, it's just everything. <laughs> and within just a few months, I have 13,000 followers and like over a hundred thousand likes. 
And it's not even a specific page. If you are a person with any level of expertise on anything from couponing to fitness, fitness does huge, doctors are huge, uh, psychologists are huge, people, just people who have beautiful thoughts, poetry, artists, I mean, it's kind of all these different neighborhoods. And right now, creators on TikTok, they're getting so much visibility. So I know that probably sounds silly. But if you want to start something that you are passionate about and you love it and you do it just because you love it, mm-hmm. TikTok is a great place to start. It's a great place to throw up content. You could start a website, you could start a blog, but nothing is going to give you the visibility that right now TikTok will give you. That's super interesting. And, and, and I agree. I mean, if you look at take a step back, every platform comes and goes. So I would imagine, you know, TikTok or just like Facebook and Instagram, which are still juggernauts, but certainly they're less effective in some ways. Um, so it's really interesting from your perspective, TikTok. And to kind of back that up, just to kind of hit this one point, you know, even further, I know you're in the digital space, but that's just so um, you know, valuable to our audience is so relatable because even our, my uh, brick and mortar business, I market it as a digital business, digital marketing business. It just so happens that our product is actually, you know, brick and mortar. So the concepts are just super similar. Um, also like a, a big kind of staple of marketing is trying to find underpriced attention. And what you're saying is for TikTok the underpriced attention is there. There's just a big disparity of the people who are consuming versus producing and you as a business owner and then are producing and therefore you can get your message in front of more people. Is that kind of a good summation of kind of where we're currently at right now? Absolutely. So this is the formula that I would give people that are just starting off. I would say uh, if you are brave enough to get on video because it does take a lot of bravery and I just want you to know that every single one of us were scared out of our boots turning on that Facebook live cam. I maybe Bryce is an exception. No, 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 no. No, no. I it is so scary, but if you so scary. This is the formula that I think every starting entrepreneur should know. TikTok is just free property, okay? Email list. You have an opportunity to do a link tree, okay? Go to link tree. You're going to link it up to your email list opt-in because really, if you want to stay connected with your people, if you're really serious about starting it as a business, you got to have that way to stay in touch with your community. Give them some little products. Some people just say, hey, do you want to connect with us? Do you want to whatever? Um, But if you use something uh, like MailChimp where they put in their email and they get this great free infographic in exchange or they get this great workout in exchange, now you've got uh, the party, but you've got your people who so TikTok's your party and then your people who want to come to the next party so those are the people that opt into your email um, and then you know you can work on developing a website or you figure out how you're going to monetize uh, so many different ways to monetize online like you said your monetization tool is your business your brick and mortar business for me it's um you know, I got a few different ones affiliate agreements and a membership website um, meal plans stuff like that. Um, but there are a lot of different ways to monetize. So get your platform, that's your party, mm-hmm. and then get your connection with those people so that you can let them know when stuff is happening. And uh, a lot of people on TikTok just monetizing through affiliate agreements. You know, for people who have, there are people who started a year ago and have a million followers now. That's not me, but there are a lot of people that that has happened to. They're making all their revenue on affiliate agreements, collecting those emails, and then nurturing those emails corresponding with them. Facebook group is another way to nurture your audience. It is still a good way to nurture an audience. So that's what I would say. Email list is super important. Throw in a party somewhere. So many people wanting to do business and don't understand the importance of the party. Like you really have to have a place where, where's the party? Is it on Instagram? Like, where are you putting on your show? You gotta have somewhere. Is it a Facebook group? Is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? You gotta have a party somewhere. I don't care if you're a doctor or a gym owner or what you're doing, but you gotta have a party somewhere. And it's gotta be online and it's gotta be a place that people can continue to come and consume content. 
Amen to that. Uh, so on that note, I want to kind of still you know, be continue in the same line of thought, but take it a little bit differently. We've talked about digital marketing and basically growing a following and, and creating a party where you should showcase content really and add value, extract contact information, and then upsell you know, those people that you're adding value um, to higher products and services. And that way it's a win-win across the board. Now, one of the things that you have to you know, develop is leadership skills through the process. So I know it's something that... You know, we've connected and you have uh, strong developing leadership still. So can you, you know, sh- showcase the audience who, you know, are interested in kind of taking that next step, uh, potentially opening a, a fitness business? And, you know, they're hearing the marketing strategies from you. They're hearing, you know, the flow on how to attract, attract you know, clientele and kind of bring them through your value ladder. But what is the essence of leadership? Where's the value in that and kind of in your journey? And really, at the end of the day, um, why is leadership so essential into running uh, a successful, whether it be brick and mortar or online digital business? Your community is going to reflect who you are. That's the first thing you have to understand. And that's part of the reason that Bryce's gyms do well is because he his personality is infectious He's kind, he's enthusiastic, he believes in his customers. That is going to be reflective in your Facebook group, in your brick and mortar business. Who you are is what you're, that's going to be the fruition of your business, who you are. Customer service. I cannot emphasize this enough. This is my, you asked, what's your area of genius? I don't have an area of genius, but I am very passionate about customer service. It's something that I feel very, very attuned to. Um, So I have a couple of thoughts on this that I think are really important for business owners. The first thing is to listen to your customers. It's so natural to plan your next statement as someone is talking, but it is critically important that as a business owner, you are taking the time to listen. And I can't tell you how many times Bryce sent out that Google form. Was it a Google form? Like, what do you like? What do you like about the music? What do you like about the coaching? What do you not like about it? What do you, you know, and I was writing things like, I want the music to be louder. That's a really important part to me. You know, I don't know if I got voted out or not. It seems like, but it was always improving, always improving. That does not occur if the business owner is not willing to listen to their customer. This is really, really vital that you're communicating with your customer. And uh, I don't think that there is ever a time that you communicate to a customer that you were right and they were wrong. I don't think there's ever a time in business that this happens. In this kind of business that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. if you own a gym, you're in the customer service business and your customer is your business. Mm -hmm. That is your business. I don't think there's ever a time that we communicate um, that that a customer was wrong, even if you know they were just, you know what I'm saying? Um, cause that just, you know, I mean, there's different things that happen. Humility goes a long way in business ownership, value, critical feedback. Okay. One of the best things that happened to me was when I first started, I collected all this information and I started, a, I built a membership website and uh, my, my husband helped me anyway, I'm using Kajabi now, so I don't need any help with that. I just want to give a plug for Kajabi if you're into membership sites. Awesome. Um, but I thought I had all the details that I needed to start this business and uh, did a couple challenges. They went great. And then I had a customer who purchased from me and she emailed, this is not what I thought I was getting. And she said, I thought I was getting a meal plan with detailed instructions of what to buy, what to cook, what to eat. And she's, and what we had at the time were recipe inspirations and a cheat sheet and plug it, plug it in. And we're going to give you the moral support to keep going. Mm -hmm. But she said, no, I was really hoping for a detailed meal plan. Now I, my initial impulse was, I don't like negative feedback. So my initial impulse was like, oh, like she didn't like it. Okay. Two things. The first one is that I refunded her money because what she bought was not what she expected. And I'm just giving you my personal experience. Issuing a refund to an unhappy customer is less than you will pay for a bad review. (laughs) 
there's like the amount of money that $99 or whatever it is mm -hmm. to have a bad review and an unhappy customer is going to cost you way more because whether you're brick and mortar or you're a digital business, reviews are everything. So we listen to the customer. We take her feedback. In this case, this was monumental. This one piece of negative feedback that I gave a refund for mm -hmm. was a game changer and it changed the trajectory of my business completely. And we spent the following 12 months developing weekly meal plans and it was grueling because I set my kitchen up as a test kitchen. We called it the eat to live daily test kitchen nice. and I made hundreds of recipes and I took pictures and I hired a photographer and we did those whole thing and it was a pain, but this is what my customers now come to me for and guess where that was born? One piece of critical feedback from a customer change the trajectory of our business. So we've got to be humble. We've got to listen to our customers. We've got to acknowledge when they're upset, put yourself in their shoes. And uh, admittedly, you're in this position to learn and to accommodate your customers. And um, yeah, I think this is big. I think it's really big. I also have another story. Do you want me to share it real quick? Please do. I, and okay. before, before you do, I, yeah. and just kind of taking a step back, like that is when I asked you about leadership, I mean, all the things that you just practice there uh, are just fundamental pr principles of leadership, of taking action, of listening, of, uh, you know, willing to be leaning in and, and accept critical feedback, humility. I mean, these are all pr principles that, you know, in my humble opinion, every entrepreneur, every business owner needs to basically develop and continue to create if you want to make a big movement, if you want to basically create a big impact. So, uh, Alicia, I think that's just spot on. Um, that said, I want to hear your second story, so fire away. Well, there was another question that we had talked about, and I realized that it's a little lower on the bullets, but it was the worst experience that I've had in customer service. So I wanted to share something about competition. Um, do you mind if we segue into this? It just, it reminded me on my last story. That was actually my my next question. So you're literally like uh, falling perfectly in line. So I, I got ahead of myself. Okay. So the hardest thing about owning a business for me, because I'm just kind of this insecure person, I guess, is what? competition. It's like, I know I don't seem like it. No, I really, the competition factor for me, when I was in high school, I did musical theater and I would just always wait out in the hall with like blinders on while other people were auditioning. And I could usually knock it out of the park with my audition unless I watched other people and how amazing they were because it made me feel like I was inferior. And somehow how I'm the same way now. And so I want to tell you, because I really do think that this element of competition really does get to business owners. I mean, it hurts when you've got a gym up the street and you can see people maybe that used to be your customers going there. It uh, has been one of the one of the things for me. We're a very tight knit community in the plant based community. Mm -hmm. So rising competitors can make you feel a little inadequate. Um, and I almost feel hypocritical saying this because here's the thing. We all model what we're doing off of someone else who's done an incredible job. So when someone is doing what you're doing, it really is to say that you've done it, you've made your mark and people are now using your model for, they're following your lead, which is really wonderful. Um, but it can make you feel frustrated and it can make you feel down. This is where I want to share my story. Um, we have a local pie company and I purchased some pies for Thanksgiving from them. And it's the only mom and pop sh pie place that I know of around here. And they lost my order and it was on Thanksgiving day. And here I am a business owner. Like I totally understand stuff like that happens. Like things slip through the cracks, mm -hmm. but it was just this really poor customer service experience. I went to pick it up. Um, at one point on my third visit, because I had different employees handling my situation, by the third or fourth time I went back, it's getting close to like closing time. And I'm like, we ordered, you know, my mom ordered them over the phone. I'm picking them up. There's like seven or eight pies. And the owner started to almost kind of accuse me of stealing, trying to steal pies from them because he said, we never lose 
we've never lost an order. We don't lose orders. And he really humiliated me in front of a lot of customers. And it was, it was the bar none worst customer service experience I've ever had. Mm. And I left in tears and, um, it was just awful. He made us prove that our bank had these purchases in our statement. Meanwhile, it was from my mom and she doesn't do online banking and she's driving from Arizona. And I'm like, I have no way to prove that I purchased this, but he made me, I had to go to the bank. We had to use this whole, it was a nightmare. Oh, wow. And the biggest concern with this was how he made me feel as a customer. He humiliated me in the lobby of this place. And the reason that I share this story is because of the aha moment that I had when I was getting into my car and leaving I thought, should I write him a bad review? I threatened to. I never do. I never write a bad review. If you go on my Yelp, you won't see one bad review. I don't know. It's this kind of like karmic thing I have as a business owner. But it dawned on me, they have no competition. They have no one in town to improve their business practices. What happens when you have competitors? You have to you know, you have to improve. Mm -hmm. You have to level up. You have to do the next, you know what I'm saying? Growth, growth, growth. When we don't have competition, we don't have growth. And competition breeds accountability. And it's really, really a good thing. And it's going to make you better as a business owner to have to look at, I mean, wouldn't it be lovely if none of us had competitors? It would be so wonderful, but it's just not reality. And no. so we have to set ourselves apart by treating our customers with ex- wonderful, superb customer care, by really improving that experience for the consumer. Um, and how does that happen? As much as we hate it, it happens through partly through competition. Competition. And then being able to have aha moments, aha moments and take a step back and actually learn um, from the experiences that you went through. So I credit you for that because obviously that's a huge value bomb that you just dropped for Fitness Franchise Nation. All right, Alicia. So um, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, don't have too much of it left, but I have a lightning round for you. Um, and you are so incredibly charismatic and passionate person, which I just absolutely love speaking with you. Um, my question to you is, what is the one thing that you are most passionate about today? The thing that I am most passionate about today with my own customers is self-advocacy and shame-free growth. So I'm really coming into this. This is kind of my next chapter in coaching. Um, And I guess we could apply it to anything, but learning to embrace our imperfections, to give ourselves grace, and to really advocate for what we need right now. We can do, whether this is on our fitness journey or it's through our entrepreneurial journey, um, we've got to give ourselves the time and the grace and the resources that we need to grow and really in a shame-free space. Don't be hard on yourself. Sorry, this is lightning round and I'm way expanding. So that's my that's my one thing that I'm passionate about, shame-free growth. You are awesome. All right, next up, um, taking you back before you started your entrepreneur efforts, you know, before 2010, what would you say was the one thing holding you back from achieving the success that you know have? And the reason I ask this is there's many, you know, listeners that, you know, are thinking about taking the next step, wanting to, you know, create more impact and income with the fitness business, but there's just one thing holding them back. I want to hear from you and that way you can you know, provide some inspiration. Fear. Fear is absolutely, and here's the thing, the fear is natural. Being able to function from a place of fear, ah, how do I want to say this? Being able to function and do the thing in spite of the fear, that's huge. Awesome. you got to know everybody else is afraid. Oh, I, and I have a sign here in my desk that says actually feel the fear, but do it anyway. And I yes. think that's, that's uh, yes. expanding off that. All right, next up, you're in the business of giving great advice to your clients and your following. Uh, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Okay, I'm going to give you this advice that I kind of got from a conversation from Dr. Greger, Michael Greger, who wrote uh, How Not to Die, very famous author. I love him. He's a friend of mine. Um, it isn't about you. Like when you make this your motto as a business owner, that it's not about you, you cannot imagine all of the stress that it relieves. It relieves the fear because you're not getting onto your platform because you're trying to, 
buoy up yourself. It's about the customer. When you realize that this isn't about you and it is actually about the customer, you it is such a relief. It is such a relief and you become so authentically you. And this is where we really, it becomes just a place of nurturing others and it's just so great. Just got to focus on it. It isn't about you. I love that because I honestly would describe you as like one of the most authentic people I know. So having that framework kind of just shows <laughs> showcases your mindset and how you've been so successful. So love that. Um, next up, um, habits are so foundational and fundamental success. Share a, a, a habit or a foundational habit that you've acquired that's helped you achieve the success that you have. Well, I think you were probably looking for habits like get up every day and go for a run, but I really just want to emphasize this concept of bravery and make bravery a habit. Uh, That's probably been my biggest formula for success is just like you just said, feel the fear and move it anyway. Um, So make bravery a habit and just know that we're all scared. (laughs) We are. We really, really are. Um, next up, uh, readers are leaders. I'm a firm believer in this. Um, what would you say would be an incredible book recommendation for our audience and why? Um, my two favorite entrepreneurial books are Crushing It by Gary Vee. I am a hardcore follower of, are you too, Gary Vee? Yes, yes, Oh my gosh, he's so good. Um, and the other gem is Pat Flynn. Um, Pat has a book called Make It Fly. He is so great. The the um, Smart Passive Income podcast is one of my favorites, but I love Pat Flynn's book, Make It Fly, and Crushing It by Gary Vee. My two favorites. Love it. Um, I haven't uh, read Pat Flynn's, but I'm going to get on that, but I completely agree with you, Gary Vee. Brand Story. I have a stack of books that's like 100 books high. Brand Story is another really good one. Okay. Audience is taking notes. Yeah. All right, uh, this is a deep question. I only got a couple left for you here, but uh, imagine you woke up tomorrow, all the success, all the you know following that you've achieved with your you know Facebook group and your online business has gone away, but you still have all the knowledge. What would your next thirty days look like? TikTok. <laughs> all right, touche. That's it. It is that important. Okay, enough said. Um, Please be taking notes, audience. Uh, Last but certainly not least, um, want to end with a piece of parting wisdom or advice that you would give give the audience back home. And and I preface many of the questions because, you know, our audience are, you know, called, they're interested in fitness, but, you know, they have a passion. Um, Maybe they've started a gym, but chances are they haven't. And, uh, you know, what would be a, a sound piece of wisdom that would better their lot in life? If you want to move forward as an entrepreneur, look around you and see what's working. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. And I'm going to show you a little tip. And some of you computer people might not be big on this because like my husband's an MBA and he just, everything's on the computer. (laughs) But I see a tremendous value. I have one of these, like it's basically a chapter book for everything I do. I have one for nutrition. I have ongoing, ongoing record. I have Every business I've started, every website, we would I would chapter it out. I would put little, I wish I had it on this one, um, little chapter headings, and I would take notes. I have a whole section on businesses that inspire me, things that I want to draw from different companies, um, any kind of anything, a customer service. Ex- you guys, I love the customer service details. Like any kind of, we went somewhere the other day. Oh, my husband went to ta- Taco Bell. I didn't order anything, but I was with him. <laughs> and they put a little, they put a little wet nap on the front with a sticker. I cannot tell you how happy that makes my little customer service self. I just love that customer experience. What little things are you doing to improve that customer service experience? Anyway, anything like that. If you want to start a business, start with either an Evernote or a journal like this one where you can just write down ideas. And when you make an agreement that I'm going to start something... The ideas, be ready, because sometimes it's like a faucet. you got to be carrying that thing around. You might have heard someone talk about, um, you know, a real estate agent who had a good deal on some kind of commercial 
property that you, I mean, anything like you're going to start hearing stuff and it's all going to be relevant to the project that you're wanting to create. So keeping your phone or for me, it's a physical journal, mm-hmm. writing down those ideas, um, recognizing when you see things in others and you think to yourself like, Oh, I kind of wish I were doing that. You can, you can do it too. Anything that you feel like any twinge of like jealousy. I love talking about this it's a whole nother topic that's an indication that that's something you're passionate about. If you feel that little twinge of, oh, I wish I was doing that, do it. Write, write it down. Spend some time researching. And then at some point, you just got to jump. That is so gold. I literally learned so much in the last 10 seconds. Audience, I hope you listen to that and if not, rewind. Um, but Alicia, you are awesome. Where can our viewers uh, and audience connect you with? Where can they find you? Well, I got all my links on my TikTok. So good to know, Alicia. My name is spelled E-L-I-S-H-A. So good to know, Alicia, on TikTok. I've got all of my little tips and tidbits and all my links are there. I mean, we've also got Eat to Live Daily page. and we've I got a whole bunch of different pages and stuff. But right now I'm kind of streamlining everything through TikTok just because I really am that confident in that platform right now. So good to know Alicia on TikTok. I've also got, if you want to try my free meal plan and see how my opt-in process works, go to good to know Alicia on TikTok and then click on my links and you'll see free seven day meal plan. You're welcome to check it out um, and, you know, see how it works. I use Kajabi for my emails and my courses and yeah, everything's streamlined there. So Alicia, this has been so awesome. Before we leave, I want to acknowledge you. Uh, you are a ray of sunshine. Um, I've loved connecting with you. I appreciate you immensely. Uh, the feedback that you've given our team, our business, when we were working together um, was super valuable. And uh, I know even we chatted a few weeks ago with additional insight that you were able to provide me. So um, I thank you. Um, our audience has gotten so much uh, value and better from this interview. So I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being on the show and you've helped so many people in the process. I'm flattered. Thanks, Bryce. I love it. I love everything you're doing. Thanks, Alicia. Have an awesome day. Talk to you soon, okay? You too. Bye. Bye, guys.